Greetings Gatehouse Insiders. We're back with another episode of Gatehouse Insights. And today I'm joined by Natalia, who is a personal branding expert. Natalia is going to dive deeper into the topics of personal branding, how to overcome your fears of what others will think, the differences between authentic personal branding versus perfect personal branding, how to create a life you love and much, much more. Make sure you subscribe to the Gatehouse Legal Recruitment YouTube channel where you can see it all. Well, thank you very much for joining me today, Natalia. You're most welcome. Thanks for this opportunity. So you're a personal, personal branding expert. Um, so I want to begin with how you became immersed in the world of personal branding and helping others with their personal brand. Oh, that's a very long story. I'll give you the short version of it. I studied social science, and when you study social science, the job doesn't exist. So you can end up in marketing, in HR, in nonprofit organizations, in politics, whatever. I worked for the educational sector first, then moved into marketing, and then realized at the age of 29, eh, nothing of that really makes sense. I'm not happy, but what on earth makes me happy? What does happiness mean? What is success? So I quit my job. I saved enough money so I could take a sabbatical. And during that sabbatical, I, I dig deeper and confronted myself with a lot of painful questions that I never had the guts or the courage to look at or to dig deeper in. And I realized that one of the things that upsets me a lot is when you have people out there who in my opinion, don't know much, they're not nice, but they know how to market themselves and they know how to sell. And then on the other side, you have super creative people, friends of mine who create just genius stuff. I don't know, single mothers, like people that I love and I care about, they're creative, that know their stuff, but they hate to sell and they don't know how to market themselves. And that's why they live a mediocre life. And then on the other side, I have those people who are full of and they have the money so that upset me so much I realized "Mm, you know what let me see how that whole thing works let me study it for myself let me see also what all of these successful American entrepreneurs and speakers and trainers do because they seem to be so amazing at that me coming from Germany where you learn be humble your results speak for yourself never be too loud never be too colorful So this is how all of these things came together. And I realized at a certain stage, you know what? Let me learn from the North Americans, um, change it for the European market, especially for the German speaking market and develop my method and then teach people exactly that formula while having a social proof. Hey guys, look at me. I came from nothing. I did that on my own. It works. So if you want to learn from me, amazing. How long did it take you to upskill in that area and build your your personal brand? I mean, I believe that a brand is a lifelong process or a project. It is as long as you grow and develop and as long as you are alive, your personal brand also develops and evolves. But I needed, let me think, approximately three years to reach a level when I knew, wow, people understand it. I can make money with that. I'm actually really good at it. Not genius or great yet, but really good. And I can have a social impact. So I think three years is realistic. Yeah. 
we speak to a lot of people that want to build their personal brand and but and they're they've got the right idea the right um you know attitude but they just don't know where to start so for people that are wanting to start to build their personal brand where do they start on the inside i believe that personal branding is a little bit like a puzzle so you need to work on your inside on your outside offline and online especially nowadays there's a lot of online going on and unfortunately i meet so many individuals who talk about their web page and their podcast strategy and whatever all of these big shiny things on the outside and i ask them so why do you do what you do and why should I choose you? And in this huge pool of service providers, what makes you special? Or, you know, if you die tomorrow, would you be happy? What kind of legacy did you leave? And then they look at me like, what? So in the beginning, it is incredibly crucial that you get the basics right and that you look inside and that you can answer let's say approximately 10 questions about yourself, because if you don't understand yourself and who you are and what you offer, it is impossible for an external person. This could be a client. This could be your partner. It could be your kids. It could be anybody to understand you. So let's break it down. What do you do? What kind of problem do you solve? Because every job solves a problem. Doesn't matter what it is, it solves a problem. I mean, a dentist fixes teeth. Um, somebody who cooks for you, hey, you know, still is your hunger. Somebody who raises kids um, and makes sure that they're good in their homework, you know, make sure that they are a productive and amazing member of society. So which problem do you solve? For whom? Who's the target audience? Um, how long does it take to get that? Is it a three weeks process? Is it a one year process? Is this a 10 year project? How much, uh, okay, so how, how long does it take exactly? Then what's your unique value proposition? Why should I choose you and not anybody else in the market? Because there's so many other people. So what makes you you? P.S. You. So you need to tap into your authenticity or into your deep core or inner wisdom however you want to call that how do you want to be perceived in a perfect world if you could be anything do you want people to think about you and say oh she's edutaining or he's inspiring or he's powerful how do you want to be perceived and then act in a way how you want to be perceived what are your brand colors what do you want to be known for? What's the big thing? You know, once that legacy, that big why? These are all incredibly important questions. And unless you have the clarity, forget everything else, do the homework. If it's too difficult for you, get an accountability partner or a coach. Yeah, because you touched on uh, something earlier that um, when you wanted that change in your career, you found you had to ask some really hard questions and they were hard questions for you to answer yeah absolutely because I don't know about you but in my first life and, and first career I was part of this hamster wheel and I was always busy because being busy is very cool and I I how do I say that I planned my day or my life in a way that everything was packed and I functioned and I didn't have the time to lean back and to look at things from a meta perspective. So when you don't know what makes you happy and when you know that what is fun for other people just drags you down and you just want to, uh, again, 
but you don't figure out what fun is for you. Or you realize that in your job, you have everything that you need on paper, but you still don't feel successful. So what does success mean to you? What if, if everything that people want from you uh, or that is portrayed as the perfect life, you just don't care at all? And so many other questions about what if what the church or I don't know, um, our society taught me about religion or politics or relationships or nutrition or the environment. What if that is not true? What if only a part of that is true? What if the truth doesn't exist? And what if everything that you ever learned or knew or thought you knew was a lie or an illusion? Ouch. Yeah, you make some interesting uh, and insightful thoughts there. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. So how do we, okay, people do want to build their personal brand. They want to post more on social media, but people have this fear of doing it and they're worried about what other people will think. How do we overcome or how do people overcome that fear of worrying about what other people think? First of all, there is this beautiful sentence that a friend of mine said once. It's a tiny little bit vulgar. So if you have kids around, put something in their ears or send them into the next room. He said, opinions are like holes. Everybody has one. So coming from this angle, thinking, okay, fine. Because there's a huge difference between an opinion and an advice. And it also depends on if somebody has a qualified opinion, almost like a constructive feedback, or if somebody just has a bad day and you triggered something in him or her. So that's the first thing. There is a huge difference. The second thing is that people don't know you, especially somebody who's online, who maybe lives 6,000 kilometers away. And that person, you just triggered something in that person and he or she wrote something in a negative way. They don't know you. They see a picture of you or a video of you online, which is not you. It's pixels and data. So the physical person, you know, the blood and bones and everything is not you. They actually didn't insult you or hate on you. They, they did that on some, again, something technical out there. So you're safe. I mean, they even don't know where you live. So that's something to keep in mind. Another factor is, Think out of your perspective on the, of the individual. If somebody that you don't know gifts you with, let's say, three minutes of his or her time, in the sense of you've created a three-minute video, that person consumes your video for three minutes, and then, so, so first of all, designs the time to consume these three minutes, then thinks about what he or she could write, then actually write that in a negative way, double check if the spelling is correct, and then post it. That person is so disconnected from him or herself and uses his time in such an awkward way. I mean, these six, seven minutes could have been used to do good or to work on him or herself. No, he or she used it to spread more hate, most probably coming out of a perspective of scarcity and fear and believing that if they blow out your light or candle, their own one will shine brighter. So the thing that you can do for the case that somebody really comments in such a negative way is send them love and forgive them for your own sake because they need the healing, you are safe. And maybe a last thought, and this was a game changer for me, you are not as important 
and as amazing as you think you are. So once you post something, it's not that the whole world's like, mm, stop turning. And everybody's like, oh, she posted. Oh, let me, let me see that. And let me go through everything and make sure that I find that one thing that she did in a wrong way. When you post something in the very beginning, the likeliness that a lot of people see it is uh, not that high. The majority of people will not care because they're busy with their own stuff and they are insecure about their own thing. So they think, oh my God, what will other people think? So you are not as important to them. So just do your thing. And for the case that really somebody designs the time and comments or hates or whatever, which is most probably 1%, oh, 1%, then you can still delete the comment and block that person and again, forgive them, do a meditation, do some breath work, move on with your life or, you know, punch a punching bag or whatever. It's a great way to look at it. And, um, yeah, I love the how you um, broke it down that that person actually took time to view your content, then make a comment, check the spelling. So they've just wasted all, you know, six, six to ten minutes of their time. Yeah. That's, that's really Crazy. good. I want to talk in uh, – I want to dive deeper into authentic um, – personal branding versus perfect perfect personal branding because um, you've got a really good point on this could you share a little bit more about authentic personal branding and you know perfect personal branding so I was born and raised in the German-speaking region and what I've learned is when I studied the German culture I know that some social scientists will be like ah Okay, let's assume for a second the German culture exists. The world is complex. We're just making things simple and simplifying is never a good idea or generalizing, but we're doing it to understand the concept. So let's assume the German culture exists and let's assume the North American culture exists. When you compare both, I've learned that a typical Northern American, again, let's assume he or she exists, works and, and uh, thinks in a totally different way in the sense of, oh, I have this business idea you know what? I throw it out onto the market. I see how people engage with it, what they like, what they don't like. I optimize the whole thing along the way. I say sorry, but I make money. And, you know, I get the end result faster. Plus, I help people. Plus, I get money. Fantastic. In Germany, I've learned, oh, no, first you need a structure and then you need a lab test. And then when you have that, you need a feedback group. And based on that, you create version number two. And then because you really want to be sure, you also ask somebody else. So you have version number two or three, and then you launch it. And before that, you have a profound analysis of everything and all of the risks, which means you're losing, what, three or six months and you're not making money. And you think you've optimized something and then you throw it out on the market and maybe the market says, nah, not feeling it. So the first option that I described is something that I call flawsomeness, full of flaws and still awesome. The second process, and again, everything here was exaggerated, is what I call perfection. And perfection for me is an illusion. It is an intangible goal. You cannot reach it. When you ask people, oh, so what does perfect mean to you? They come up with something that is almost godlike. It's God and perfection. It's, it's full. It's complete. It's nah. So why don't we put this perfect aside? Because it cripples us. And it stands in our way towards becoming better. And guess what? 
nobody's perfect, life is not perfect, life is growth, and life is change. And whenever you learn something new, and it doesn't matter if it is a new hobby, or I mean, think about yourself when you learned how to brush your teeth, or when you learned to walk, you know, when you brushed your teeth first, you had toothpaste all over your face. Did you back then as a kid think, yeah, this toothbrushing is not for me. I did it once and I failed. It's not perfect. I didn't learn how to perfectly brush my teeth. No, you did it again and again and again. You eventually learned it. And it's the same thing with walking. You, you had a few steps, you fell down, and then you're like, oh, okay, whatever. Maybe you cried and continued walking. You didn't say, oh, I can't walk perfectly. I'm just not born to be, to be the perfect walker. That kind of thinking is not in our mind. And I believe that, how do I phrase it? Give me a second. Mm. Media and social media has a huge, and advertising has a huge impact on our perception of reality. And especially when it comes to movies and beautiful magazine covers and very nice, I don't know, pictures and everything. All of that is photoshopped and all of that is adjusted and smoothened to a level which is perfect in quotation marks which means zero natural the person doesn't look like this the woman on the cover of the magazine doesn't look like the woman on the cover of a magazine so that is something we get blinded by and especially now with certain platforms that have these filters that also make your nose smaller and the eyes bigger and you know your your jawline whatever you want it to be that all of that cripples us and if you understand this if you read about it and if you are more conscious and aware about it and understand ha huh, so i'm trying to be something that is absolutely not possible you distance yourself for it and you understand authentic as a way of speaking your own truth and being as human as you can and serving others the right people are going to resonate with you and this is what matters you will never be everybody's darling. It's impossible to be a people pleaser. I tried it for 29 years. I ended up in hospital with physical pain. My, my soul was saying, what are you doing? Stop doing this. So be more authentic in the sense of listen to what is your truth. Speak out of the kindness of your heart. Make your personal brand, your content, your message about others. Be there for them. And again, if there's one or two people who had a bad day or who have some childhood trauma that they need to overcome and just blah, that on you, don't take it personally, distance yourself from it. As we just discussed, it has nothing to do with you. Yeah. We've um, become, I suppose, speaking on that and being authentic, we've become so afraid of speaking the truth and, and our own thoughts and what we actually really think. And Sometimes when we post things or we, you know, do a video or write a blog, it's, it's got to be perfect, but it's also going to be not our true thoughts. It's going to be politically correct. You've got some great views on that. Could you sh dive deeper into that for us? Mm. Well, first of all, there are a few topics that I would really avoid on social media because they are so hot, so sensitive just don't touch them, especially not in the beginning of your copywriting or storytelling career. So what are these topics? Sex, politics, religion, God, gender, 
nutrition. You won't believe it. Nutrition is a big one. Don't tell anybody to not eat steak. Whoa, people freak out. Even the environment. I mean, nowadays, what you believe about climate change is almost connected to what kind of political party you're voting. So all of these topics, don't touch them in the beginning of your career and you'll be safe. The second thing, please stop doing, or especially don't do it online, but don't do the things that unsuccessful people do. What is this? Blaming others, judging people, gossiping, spreading lies, picking on people. It's just everything that is nasty. Like, why would you do that? Don't do it. It's another thing. And then before you post, you always ask yourself, there was this beautiful quote on, on, on Instagram that I saw recently. It was more about when do you talk? And it was very spiritual. But I think it can be also used for social media posts. So the idea was before you post, before you open your mouth, let it go through different filters. Is it true? Is it necessary? Does it add value? And if you can't answer these three questions with a yes, you don't post it. Or you ask yourself, what do I need to change in order to make them true and adding value and, um, and it all makes sense? And if all of that is still too, too complex or too, Natalia, I don't get it, then you can do something that I call the mommy test. So imagine your mom reads the local newspaper. Um, oh, no, no, what? It's the national newspaper. It's the biggest newspaper in your country. And your mom is an avid fan of that. And you have a very good relationship with your mom. And if it's not your mom, then make it your dad or your aunt or your sibling or whatever. And they see this picture of you that you want to post with this caption that you're about to post. How would that make them feel? Would they approve it? Would they be proud of you? Or would they say, are you losing your mind? So that could also be a nice test to go through mentally and uh, then hit that publish button or not. Yeah, that is a really good test. I like it. It's mm. good. You've, um, you've created a life and business you absolutely love, but it's, it's taken you a long time. And, and I, I speak to people and they want to also create that life they love, um, but they don't actually realise the time and effort you've put into to asking yourself some hard questions and then discovering that. Could you talk a little bit about the process you went through to basically find what you love? Mm -hmm. So I learned about a concept that is called lifestyle entrepreneurship. I've heard it from a gentleman called Lewis House. And when I heard the term in the beginning, I was like, eh, what's that? So this life philosophy, life concept is based on the idea, figure out how you want to live first. How does your perfect morning look like? How does your perfect afternoon look like? What is happening at the end of your day? What do you need to do, feel, experience to make it a good day? Um, do you want to do that on your own? Is there a specific person or some type of animal around you, next to you? Are these the people and you know, other individuals and creatures that are part of your life. So allow yourself to dream or to imagine that from an angle of absolute abundance. You deserve it. You can do that. You, it's just everything is just 
flawless and you can't really have it. Don't think about the how or am I really good enough? You are good enough. Just tell me what it is. And that will be a process because we are so limited in, in what we allow ourselves, which is all based or grounded in a deep mistrust, sometimes even hate. Some people call it non-existing self-acceptance or the self-love that needs to be increased. So we all, to a certain extent, don't 100% love or accept or trust ourselves. And we were told by other people, uh, you don't deserve this or you're not good enough or whatever. So give your best to put all of that aside. And I know it's a bizarre experience and you will take some time to get there. But you have this, then you do this exercise. And when you have your great or amazing or phenomenal or perfect quotation mark day, then understand that when you have those days next to each other, you have a week and weeks next to each other are a month and all of the months together are a year and all the years together is life. So when you know how your ideal day looks like and when you live your ideal day, the chances of living your dream life are radically higher. So if you want to have your dream life, you need to start with your dream day. And so, yeah, get a piece of paper, get a diary and start writing these things. Or if you're somebody who draws, then draw them and don't share it with anybody. If you don't feel happy about it, give yourself the time, design the space. And once you're clear with that, implement one thing, one small thing every day. And also then, once this is all set, in step number two, ask yourself, what kind of job can you either take or, again, design that, or what kind of business model that allows you to nurture and to, to live that life? So that's something that I've done. And I've worked with so many different individuals like coaches and healers and shamans and monks and I don't know whom because there were certain things that I couldn't see that didn't make sense or that I didn't allow myself and when you work with these external individuals they are like catalysts they will get you faster to where you want to be plus they it's just sometimes it's just good to bounce off stuff <laughs> to others and you don't need to carry all of the burden and the pain on your own so I would highly recommend once again looking for an expert who has done that over and over and over again, at least for five years, helping individuals from all over the world. Because again, you're too close to the problem. You, you're not objective. You're fully subjective because it's you and it's your life. And then ego comes on top of that and then it gets complicated. Mm. So, um, how do we deal with, I suppose, other people's opinions and thoughts of us creating a life we love because people most people have a, a view on, on what the standard day will look like so if you create something that's a little bit out of the norm people will judge whether it's you know parents or siblings or whatever how do we do with those um, opinions from other people that we love mm. I mean you can say thank you so much for sharing your opinion and I don't give it because it's my life <laughs> And uh, this is creating a healthy boundary or a healthy border. And you don't need to say it in a way, as I just said, especially at the beginning, it's a little bit more complicated. 
But when you realize that people criticize you for that, then don't talk about it. Do it on your own when they're not there. And when you realize them putting their fingers into it, then tell them from the deepest corner of your heart, listen, the shoulds and what society says or what you want me to do doesn't make me happy. I feel miserable. I feel empty. I'm, I'm struggling. I, I want to cry. When I need to do that, I literally want to jump off that stupid bridge. Do you want me to do that? You want me to be happy, right? So allow me to do what makes me happy. And what makes me happy doesn't make you happy. And that's okay because we're not in competition with each other. And those people who truly love you and care about you will understand and might even apologize. And those people who don't or who maybe even do the opposite, then you have two options. Either if they're not family, send them love and let them go and slowly but surely distance yourself from them. And if it's family, then you need to find a healthy way and barrier how to deal with that and i incredibly there's this woman um what's her name give me a second mel robbins she's an expert on that so if you don't follow her yet on instagram or on youtube she is very very good in sharing personalized advice on how to deal with toxic family members and how to create a language and a physical space of teaching them how to treat you with respect and yeah, just to have them like not put their fingers into your own life and, and wounds. Mm. Yeah. Um, I know Mel Robbins. She's, um, I follow her as well. She's got some incredible content also. Yeah, absolutely. She is, she has, she, she's raw, she's real. And her level of not giving it is very high. So she's incredibly refreshing and she's, She's just a breath of fresh air. So once again, highly recommend it. Check out that woman. Yeah. Do you find many women are posting and sharing their stories on LinkedIn or is it mostly men? What are you finding from your, your background? Mm-hmm. In my perception, there are more male users on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and it totally depends on the network that you've built. So it totally depends on what you're talking about. It totally depends on your own vibe. It totally depends on your own energy. I'm currently going through a phase in my life where I realized, wow, I've achieved quite a bit, super happy. You know, money's cool. My health is cool. Finally found my connection to the universe. Fantastic. But one thing that I, with all my respect, still suck at is relationships because I'm continuously in my male flipping energy. And that served me for 30 something years. But I realized that if I continue living like this, I'm so going to face a burnout and maybe even a deep depression when I'm 40. And I don't need that. So I got myself a coach and we're working now on balancing male and female energy and accepting and loving the toughness and the strength and the yo, do it, ooh, achieve it, da, 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 which comes naturally to me, but also finding a healthy softness and a healthy vulnerability without being a victim and less structure without being just a mess Mm. and when you when you work on yourself when you communicate that you will attract the right people into your network so based on the people that you have there for me they are a mirror so have a look at your social network and see who's there and if you don't have the people that you want maybe again it's time to have a look inside and see 
Why am I not connecting with more women or why am I not connecting with more men? What is it about me that needs to be healed or slightly adjusted that can be optimized so that I find the optimum balance for myself and my balance is different from your balance? Moving on to disappointments and setbacks, they come up in our life, in our work, in our day-to-day. How do you deal with disappointments and setbacks and twists and turns that come up with life? I do understand that it's part of the journey. I mean, I've never heard of anybody in his or her life who said, wow, everything was rainbows and glitter and unicorns all the time. It's impossible. And the more you want to grow, the faster decisions you need to make. And the more faster decisions you make, the more often you totally screw it up. (laughs) And again, that's okay. I've learned from Gary Vaynerchuk that the worst decision that you can make is to not make a decision. And that's what a lot of people do because, again, they think, oh, I need to know this and I need to know this. And then what if I in 10 years and da-da-da-da-da? That's impossible. Design the time, think about it, and then make a decision based on everything that you know about your situation. If you don't know enough, get a little bit of more information, but don't overthink it. And then based on that, listen to your heart or your gut and to your brain and make the decision. And you know what? That decision, no matter what the end result is, will be the right decision for this moment in life based on the self-awareness and the resources you had. And if it was the wrong decision, then you've learned something. You forgive yourself. You apologize if somebody, you know, got hurt or if you totally messed something up and that's the only way how to do it because if you don't accept that as part of life if you continuously beat yourself up for something that you did or didn't do you're in the past and the magic of living lies in living here and now and it's very difficult but the majority of us we're in the past thinking about something you know regrets and blaming and shaming or We're all about the future, anxiety. I don't know what will be. And this is terrible. So understand that you will make mistakes and that's okay. And and that's part of life. And um, also, if you realize that you're really tired or you're really like today, I can't decide that anymore, then make sure that you make that decision next day. Um, Because I believe that we have, sounds a little bit odd, but I believe we only have a kind of like a pool of uh, decisions that we can make during the day. And the earlier in the day it is, the better decisions are. So, and if you made a certain amount of decisions at the end of the day, you have something like a decision fatigue. And this then increases the likeliness of screwing things up. Mm-hmm. So I, with my friends, with my partner, they know that after 6 p.m., I'm not going to make any decisions. No. I don't care what we eat. I don't care where we go. I don't care what we watch because I don't want to make a decision. And that's okay. It's just about clearly communicating that. And if you plan things in advance, if you have the right team and the right people who can maybe also consult you or share a qualified advice, this way, again, you increase the chances of succeeding. Yeah. So you really do need to get your to know yourself, to be able to then communicate your wants and needs to others because you're just going to live a better life. 
Absolutely. And you know what? These things change as you change and that is okay. It's again then about communicating. It's like, yeah, that's what I used to be, but now I changed and maybe it feels a little bit embarrassing, but that's something that feeling that you only create on the inside. So I used to be like this. Fine. I now realize that my new me self needs this. How are we going to get there? And I think it's such an important point you make. It's, it's knowing that you will change as you do grow and develop um, and mature in age. So very good point. I wanted to talk about um, a lot of us or a lot of people will say, I can't do this or I'm too old to do that. How do, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like that's a, a roadblock for people to actually doing the things they really want to do. Could you share a little bit more about that? Mm-hmm. I read a lot about the topic or on the topic of longevity and especially my generation, the likeliness that we'll turn 102 or 120 is relatively high. So looking at it from this angle, when you say you're too old and you're 40, you haven't even, you know, survived or lived for 50% of your whole life capacity. That's nonsense. Too old for who? Said what? How do you measure that? I believe that the more mature or the older we get, the harder it feels for us to change certain routines or habits or belief that we have lived with for a very long time. And it totally makes sense because no matter what you do, let's say it's a certain way of drawing or speaking or cleaning the dishes or anything, you have trained that over and over again. And now you do it without thinking about it. So it's a subconscious process. So if you have done something this way for 20 years and now somebody comes and says, do it that way, you're like, oh, and change is, I mean, pain. And we want to avoid pain. This is just our nature. So again, being aware of it, that this will be pain and it's required to grow is one thing. The second thing is too old for what says who. It dep- I mean, if you are 50 and you want to, um, I don't know, um, start a or join a dancing competition for 10-year-olds, yeah, for that you're too old. But there are dancing competitions for 50-year-olds, so it's not too too late. So it depends on the angle that you're looking at. I know people who jump out of an airplane at the age of 80. I know people who write their PhD or do their master's degree at the age of 70. I know people who say whenever they they have like a round birth, like 18, 19, da, da, da. they do something crazy and totally out of their norm. So it is in the end a fear. So what is that fear? If you say, I can't do that, that's not very helpful. A sentence or something that I've learned and I don't know who said it, but it, it was a game changer. Stop saying, I can't do this. Start saying, I can't do this yet. This yet will make everything like it's it really feels different and then you ask yourself so if this is important to me what do i need to do in order to get there and you're only going to change if something is important to you so if you if it's not important to you then yeah you can't do it whatever but if if you want to make it a priority accept it and ask yourself what is it so if you want to run a marathon or if you want to learn Spanish, where are you right now? What is the end goal? You have a look at the end goal 
and then you plan back, plan, like kind of re-engineering it from, from the end goal to where you are right now. It's amazing. So if I want to be there in six months, what do I need to do in five months, in four months, in, in one month, in two weeks, in one week? What can I do today? And again, get somebody who can help you with that, a coach or, or mentor or whatever. And also important, look for role models. Look for people who did what you want to do. Study the social media content, listen to their podcast, watch their YouTube videos, buy their book and study their books. Especially people who found their version of success and their version of happiness. They understood that happiness and success are abundant. It, it, it's, there's enough for everybody. And that's why they're so excited and they just go out and share it with everybody and spread it all over the world. So have, let's say, two or three role models or thought leaders or people that you admire and, and listen to what they say and then implement what they say. And I know that some people will say, yeah, but I don't have role models because she is good in this. But when it comes to her private life, she's crazy or he's very successful on this, but I don't like the way he dresses. Don't put these people on a pedestal. You don't need to like everything about them. You don't need to approve everything about them. But if they have one character trait or if they're good at one thing, study that one thing and focus on that thing. Stop putting other people on a pedestal. It's again, this perfect God complex and, and see them as humans and then go there, do it, implement it. Correct. And if you're getting one thing from say five different people, you become the person you want, which is really incredible. Absolutely, yeah. And before we close, is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? Especially nowadays, I have the feeling that we have so much more time. I mean, what do we have now? We have uh, January 2021. I've heard so many compl people complain over the last years, oh, I'm going to do that when I have more time. Oh, I'm too busy for that. I'll do that one day. I don't know about you, but the majority of individuals I know, they work from home right now and they optimized or they don't need to do certain things. That means when the groceries are delivered to your doorstep and you don't need to drive to work or don't need to drive back, you don't stand in traffic, that means you've gained at least, what, one and a half hours per day. That is the time that you always ask for. And when you, when you dig deeper and wonder what is it that people do with that time? A lot of them use it to watch more TV or documentaries, or they use it to mindlessly scroll on social media, or they use it to complain or stalk upon their neighbor to report them because they're doing something that is not aligned with some weird temporary laws out there. And I'm like, are you nuts? It's as if you always ask for, oh, one day I'm going to do that. I have more time. Now you have the time and you, you don't see it. So why don't you use this time to learn knitting or drawing or singing or yoga, but at handstand or to start with meditation or to, I don't know, whatever it was, but use that time. And when you do that, I'm very, very sure you'll feel happier, you'll feel healthier, which will have a positive impact on, on everything, like from your mood to your immune system. And that's what we need right now. So use this newly gained time in a wise way 
And when you do that, the likeliness that you go back to your deep core and to your soul, as we discussed at the beginning, this increases the chances because you realize, oh, I used to be passionate about so-and-so, but I put it aside for 10 years. And now just as I grabbed the pencil, now as I just, I don't know, grabbed these shoes, it all came back. And it was like pfft, all these scenes that I saw. Design the time and start doing what you love and start with just an hour or 30 minutes per day and see how that makes you feel. And if it makes you feel good and doesn't hurt anybody around you, do more of that and see how, what kind of an impact that will have on your life. Natalia, you're incredible. So thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're most welcome. Thank you. And that's it. Another episode of Gay House Insights draws to an end. Thank you for watching and thank you for sharing this video with your friends. And if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe to the Gatehouse Legal Recruitment YouTube channel where you can see more.